We're going to continue our series on righteousness. I want to encourage you to go back. If you haven't listened to all those messages, they are designed to equip you to go do the work of the ministry. They're designed to strengthen you. So in this series on righteousness, we've been going for several weeks now. And what I have today, I've been just, just really, the Lord has been stirring me. He just keeps saying over and over in my spirit that righteousness speaks. Righteousness speaks. I'm telling you, we are a speaking spirit just like our Father. And we are filled with His Word. And when the Word of God, His Word gets in abundance in our heart, it comes out of our mouth. Hallelujah. We've been talking a lot about righteousness. Open your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're going to look at verse 21. Such a foundational scripture. And we're going to go, we're just going to jump right in, believe God for His utterance today. Hallelujah. I believe, just like always, He's so faithful to bring a fresh word, a word in due season. This will help you today. It'll equip you. It'll strengthen you. It'll build hope in you. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, For he, talking about God the Father, hath, past tense, this all happened on the cross, almost 2,000 years ago, hath made him, talking about Jesus Christ, to be sin for us who knew no sin. See, Jesus knew no sin. He was the sinless sacrifice. He took our place. He bore our sin. This word made, it literally means made to bear our sin. God the Father made Jesus bear our sin on that cross. Why did he do that? It says that we might. The reason why it says might is it's your choice whether or not you receive this sacrifice. So if you've never been born again today, today is your day. Today's the day to turn your life right side up to acknowledge and receive this, this priceless gift so that you could be born again, born anew. Old things passed away, everything becomes new. He's made him to be sin who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. We're talking about righteousness. Righteousness, it is not a feeling. It is not a robe that we put on. No, we've been made new. We've been declared righteous with the very righteousness of Almighty God. I've been made the righteousness of God. And now that is my identity. Everything flows out of that. Today, we're going to look about what that does to our speech. So turn, go ahead and turn to 2 Peter. 2 Peter, and we're going to look at chapter 1, and we're going to start off in verse 1. 2 Peter chapter 1, in verse 1. Hallelujah. 2 Peter 1, 1. Hallelujah. We're just going to read this. I think we're going to read the first about four, three or four verses here. In 2 Peter 1.1, it says, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to them, look at that, to, he's writing to a certain people. He's writing to them that have obtained like precious faith. That's us. Faith comes as we hear God's word. And child of God, realize that faith is precious. That have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. We obtained this like precious faith 
through, through righteousness. So, so as we're building this case, Jesus was made sin so that you and I would be made the righteousness of Almighty God in Him. We learn in 2 Peter chapter 1 that we obtain this like precious faith. It says it right here, through the righteousness of God. So see, we receive the faith of God through the righteousness of God. Isn't that amazing? It all gets back to Jesus. And look at this. It says here, and our Savior, Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God. So now the faith of God comes through who we've been made in Christ. It comes through the very righteousness of God. And now the grace of God, which is the finished work of Jesus, it's Him doing for you and I what we could never do for ourselves. Included in that is healing, prosperity, deliverance, wholeness, all of these things, safety, protection, freedom from apprehension, all of these things that come to us, the grace of God and the peace of God, which is not of this world, it is multiplied through the knowledge. This Greek word, through the epignosis, that means literally the correct and precise knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. The reason why it uses that word epignosis, it's the, it's the complete and precise knowledge of God and Jesus, which means that, that true knowledge, what we're talking about, is knowledge that we gain from God's word. So now we see we've been made the righteousness of Almighty God. That happened, Jesus had to take our place and he had to bear all of our sin. And now the faith of God comes to us through that position, that righteousness that we have been given, that we have been made of God. And now as we get in the Word of God and we meditate in it day and night, oh church, we're going deep into this. I believe there's revelation right now coming to you by the Spirit of God that'll grow you up and equip you the grace of God and the peace of God it is multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and the Lord and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Knowledge of Jesus, my Lord. Verse 3. According as His divine power hath given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of Him that hath called us to glory and virtue. So once again, it says that His divine power, it's the Greek word dunamis, hath given us something. It's given us all things that pertain to life, what is that? What Greek word are we talking about? A natural life? No. We're talking about the zoe, Z-O-E, the eternal life of God. His divine power has given us all things that pertain to the eternal life of God. The life that God has, you and I have been given. And godliness, and that comes to us through the knowledge of Him, the knowledge of Jesus who has called us to glory and virtue. That word virtue means, it means excellence. He's called you to glory. What is glory? It is the presence of God that comes out of you as you walk in the grace of God. If grace was a tree, glory would be the fruit. And church, here's the thing. The glory of God is going to cover this earth like the waters cover the seas. That is the presence, the very tangible 
presence of God flowing out of His church, flowing out of His children in the earth. The kingdom of God will not only never pass away, it will never be diminished, it will never be deemed unnecessary, it will never stop increasing, it'll never decrease, it can't until it compasses. The Bible says in, at the, in the end times, it says at the end of the tribulation that all the nations of this world have become the nations of our God or the kingdom of our God. We are part of an all-consuming kingdom. Satan's defeated. We walk in this life, in Christ, in His anointing, in His righteousness, by His faith, in His love, by His strength, led by His Spirit, and we subdue and dominate our circumstances. We walk just like Jesus walked when He was on this earth. Hallelujah. It says here, verse 4, whereby, or in other words, that in the English language it would read, so which it would read, through this, whereby or through this, are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these, these exceeding great and precious promises, we might be partakers of His very divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Hallelujah. See, you cannot partake of His divine nature until you have escaped the lusts of this world. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Well, how do we escape it? Church, if you're born again, you've already escaped it. So as you get revelation knowledge that you are free from it right now, that is how you walk in glory and virtue. That is how you walk according to God's nature. Do you think it's God's nature to ever be in fear? Do you think it's God's nature to ever live by the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life? See, this is why holiness is a behavior that flows out of righteousness. If you don't know you've been made righteous, good luck with trying to overcome sin habits. You'll be free and not know it. So this is why this is so important that we learn these principles of righteousness. So now, go to Timothy, then turn right to 2 Timothy, Keep turning right to Titus, and then right after Titus, there's a little book called Philemon. Go to Philemon, we're going to look at verse 6. Philemon, verse 6. It's, it's just one chapter, but verse 6 has a principle. We're talking about how righteousness speaks. And if we're talking about what we're saying Remember, we're ultimately talking about this precious faith that we have been given. That this precious faith, we, it, it literally comes to us through righteousness. Everything is through righteousness. It says in Philemon verse 6, that the communication of your faith may become effectual. This word effectual means effective. It means something that's beginning to work. You could read it this way. That the communication of your faith may become effective or may begin to work by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. In other words, as you communicate out of your mouth Every good thing that is in you in Christ. As you walk around all day, every day going, Oh, Father, I thank you that I have been made the righteousness of Almighty God in Christ. 
I am above only and not beneath. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I don't have a spirit of fear. I fear no evil because you're with me. As we keep acknowledging those things, I thank you that I'm healed. I thank you that I walk in abundance. I walk in the blessing of Abraham. I thank you that I'm going to finish strong in the earth. You're acknowledging every good thing in you in Christ. Now what happens is now, what happens is your faith, it becomes effective. Your faith begins to work as you're speaking. What this is saying is your faith begins to work as you're speaking out of your mouth what you believe in your heart that you have got from the Word of God. You're, you're believing God's Word in your heart. You're speaking it out of your mouth. And now your faith becomes effective. It begins to work. What does that mean? It starts changing your circumstances. It changes your situation. Oh, Satan cannot stand it when a believer starts to believe the Word in their heart and speak it out of their mouth. Because the Word of God, it, it, it holds His presence his power, it brings God right on the scene to change your financial life, to change your body, to change your circumstances. Church, we are a blessed people. Hallelujah. That the communication of our faith, it becomes effective. It begins to work as we acknowledge every good thing in us in Christ Jesus. Now, I want you to set your eyes on this scripture. Go to 1 John chapter 5 in verse 4 because do you see how we're talking about how the righteousness which is of faith, how it speaks. This is how it speaks. So we're talking about righteousness. We're talking about our confession and we're talking about faith. You can't separate any of those. So let's go to 1 John chapter 5. In verse 4, hallelujah, you know this scripture. I know most of you can quote it. I want you to set your eyes on it. It says, in the King James, it says, for whatsoever, but we know that's the Greek word that literally, it's the Greek word pas, P-A-S, it means whosoever. You're not a whatsoever, you're a whosoever. For whosoever is born of God, those of us who have literally received Christ and been made brand new, born again, whoever is born of God overcometh. This is in the continual present tense. It means I, as soon as I got born again, I constantly overcome the world. And this word world is the Greek word cosmos. It's the world system. Everything that this world system throws at you, you overcome it because you're born of God. Everything for everyone, whosoever is born of God, overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world. I love this word overcome. It means to subdue and conquer. You'll never be conquered because you're the conqueror in Christ. Hallelujah. Why? Because the greater one lives on the inside of you. God is for you. So it says here, here, let's look at it again. For whosoever is born of God overcomes, conquers, and subdues the world system. And this is the victory, the victory that overcomes the world system. Even our faith. Faith is the victory. In other words, believing God's word in your heart and then communicating that out of your mouth is how you walk in the victory as a child of God in the earth. It's how you subdue things. Isn't that powerful? I believe right now there's strength rising up in your spirit, man. That you're no longer going to be beaten up by circumstances. You're not going to run around fearful of the mountain. You're going to start speaking to the mountain. You're going to stop talking about what's happening to you and just start looking at and talking about constantly what's been happening in you. You're more than a conqueror 
through Christ Jesus, your Lord. Hallelujah. So let's go to Romans chapter 5, and I want to, I want to go back, and I want to piece this thing together. Romans chapter 5, we're going to look at verse 17. Romans 5, 17. Hallelujah. Oh, we thank you for utterance. We thank you for your word. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 5, in verse 17, it says this. For if by one man's offense, death reigned by one. Spiritual death, which literally brought in sin and physical death, it reigned, it had full or superior dominion in the earth because of Adam's sin. It says much more. And in the Greek language, this means so much more, you can't even compare it. It's kind of like this. Well, let me read this and I'll give you this example. Much more they which receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign, have full and superior dominion in life by one Jesus Christ. One man's offense, death reigned. So much more, the obedience of one, now those of us, the obedience of Jesus, those of us who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life. It's kind of like this. Let's say you had a bill and you needed, you had a, you had a debt, or let's say you had a debt. Let's say you had a thousand dollar debt that you owed. This is what happened. This is what happened. This is a type of what happened when Christ came. See, we had a debt. We were sinners. We were dead, spiritually dead because of Adam's sin, and we lived in sin. We had this debt. And then Jesus came and paid it. And his payment was much more than the debt. So it'd be like you having a $1,000 debt and God stepped in and paid it for you. And he paid $100 trillion to cover that debt and any other debt, anything else you'd ever need, so much more, you can't even compare it. It's exactly what it's like. When I compare the sin and the death that Adam brought into this world, when I compare it to the redemptive, the mercy of God, the love of God, the redemption of God, it is like God paying $10 million or a $10 trillion to cover a $1,000 debt. So much more. So much more. Now let's look at verse 21. It says that as sin, now this is a key. This is now remember you received you received this precious faith through the righteousness of God that you were made because Jesus was made to be sin for you. Now look at what it says. It it also said in first or in second Peter it says now Grace and peace is multiplied to us through the knowledge of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. It, it talks about how all of this reigns through righteousness. So now it's putting it all together in Romans chapter 5, another piece of this puzzle. It says, That as sin hath reigned unto death, now get this, even so might grace the grace of God, the finished work of Christ, all the blessings of redemption. It, the grace of God reigns, how? Through righteousness unto eternal life, unto the Zoe life of God. So how do you and I walk in the abundant Zoe life of God. Jesus said, I've come that they might have life, Zoe, and that more abundantly. In other words, Jesus said, I came to this earth so that mankind can have 
the eternal life of God and have it more abundantly. Well, how do you, how do you walk in the Zoe life of God? The grace of God reigns through righteousness. In other words, if you don't know you're righteous, if you don't know that you are identified with Christ, righteousness is your identity, your job, your past, your abundance of money or your lack of money, how good looking you are, whatever your talents are. That is not your identity. Your identity comes from your creator. Your identity is, I am the righteousness of Almighty God in Christ. And now when I understand who I am, I'm not a lowly worm that's begging God to heal me, begging God to meet my needs, begging God to change my situation, begging God for all of these things. No, 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 no. That doesn't please God. God's already provided things for you. And in order for you to lay hold and receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, you have to do it through faith. And this like precious faith, faith, it reigns through righteousness. Everything. Child of God, you need to know who you are. Don't let the world mold you and tell you who you are. You let the Word of God, you let your Father tell you who you are. Because then you could lay hold of everything He's provided for you in Christ. So you're in chapter 5. You're right at the end of the last verse of chapter 5 of Romans. Go back. Let's look at the first two verses and let's really look at this piece of this puzzle. In Romans chapter 5 in verse 1, it says this, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace. See, this word justified literally means to be declared righteous, to be made the very righteousness of God in Christ. It says, therefore, having, or therefore being justified, how are we justified? By faith. I couldn't earn it. I could never be good enough to be made the righteousness of God. I simply received it through faith. I was justified through faith. Now look at what it says. We have peace with God. Peace. Wow. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ by whom, now because of this, by whom we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So now, because we've been made righteousness, the righteousness of God in Christ, and our precious faith, it flows through righteousness. Now we see that this faith gives us access into grace. Faith gives me access into healing, into prosperity into all the blessings of God. And, it, and that causes me, as I walk in these things, it causes me to stand and rejoice because I have this, this full and complete expectation. It's a joyous, confident expectation. I'm hoping, I know that my future is walking in the very glory of God, which means it's the presence of God flowing out of my life. I'm walking in the very presence of God on this earth right now. So now we've laid quite the foundation. Now you're going to have to go back and meditate in these scriptures because we're putting a puzzle together. You had to be made, Jesus had to be made sin so that you would be made the very righteousness of God in Christ. That made you a world overcomer. And the victory is the fact that you meditate in the word day and night, you believe the word in your heart in abundance, and it comes out of your mouth. And as it comes out of your mouth, it changes everything. In other words, the grace of God that you walk in, the peace of God, that you walk in is multiplied 
to you through the knowledge of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. It comes through the Word of God. And now you have access into this grace through faith. And that causes you, as you lay hold of those things, it causes you to stand. Having done all to stand, I stand. I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. He is the vine and I'm the branch. My whole life flows. My life force, everything that I am, it comes from Him. And I have access by His faith into the grace of God. And it causes me to stand and rejoice in the knowing that I have a future that is filled with the glory of God. Your future is not one of decrease, it's one of increase. Faith Family Church, we are never going to decrease. We're going to increase. The world is going to get a little crazy. But it can't even be compared to how strong God is and the greater one that is in that the greater one that he is. This is huge. So now we have to talk about how righteousness speaks. It speaks. It speaks the word of faith. It speaks the word of God. That's how righteousness speaks. If you're not speaking God's word, you are not walking in a revelation that you've been made the righteousness of God. So now go to Romans chapter 10. We're going to start in verse 6, and we'll lay this piece of the puzzle. Oh, this is resounding in my spirit. Have ears to hear. Today as you're hearing this, have ears to hear. Don't just hear this. Put your Bible down at the end of the service and go on with your life. Meditate in these scriptures because the Holy Spirit wants to open them and bring revelation to your heart. He wants to take you deep into revelation in the Word where you start to meditate in these, in the, in these principles in the Word of God day and night so that you can know the truth of this Word and so the truth of the Word of God, the Word goes to work and makes you free in every area of your life. Romans chapter 10 in verse 6 says this, But the righteousness which is of faith speaks on this wise, or it speaks this way. The first thing it's going to say is how it doesn't speak. It says, Say not in your heart, who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who shall ascend into the deep, that is to bring Christ up again from the dead. See, I don't need Jesus to come here and do something again. He died once. When he said it was finished, it's finished. It's a done deal. I've already been given everything. Now, this is how the righteousness which of faith speaks. It says but in verse 8, But what saith it? What does the righteousness which, of faith, which is of faith say? Verse 8, it says this, The word is near you. Even in your mouth and in your heart, that is, the word of faith which we preach. When the word of God is preached, it produces faith in the hearers. Word of faith is not a camp. It has nothing to do with a minister or a man or a man's name. The word of faith is the word of God. When the word of God is preached, it will produce the faith of God and the hearers, those that give it its undivided attention. That's what the word of faith says. The word of faith, the, the, the righteousness which is a faith will always say, always remember, child of God, the word is near you. It's in your heart and it's in your mouth. What that means is my presence and my power is manifesting in your life. You're laying hold. You have access into all these blessings of God, into the grace of God through faith. 
You have access through faith into this grace. And it's going to cause you to stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is huge. Hallelujah. Then it gives us an example in verse 9. It says that if you shall confess with your mouth Jesus as your Lord, Jesus as Lord of all, and shall believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you shall be saved. In other words, you believe what He said and you walk in the benefit of it. That's how you got born again. Believing in your heart and speaking out of your mouth, it's not enough to just believe. You have to put action. You have to speak. It says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. It says, let the weak say that they're strong. Let the poor say that they are rich. All the way through the Old Testament into the New Testament, from the book of Numbers to Mark, there's a, there's a principle. It's an oracle of God. It's an unchanging, never-ending law of God. God says, whatever you say in my ears is what I'll allow in your life. In the New Testament, in Mark chapter 11, uh, we may go there today if the Lord leads us, it literally says you will have if you don't doubt in your heart, but you believe that those things which you sayeth shall come to pass, you'll have whatever you say. That's why the righteousness which is a faith speaks. It says here, verse 10, for with the heart or with man's spirit, man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. With the heart, man believeth unto, unto righteousness, but with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. You could say confession is made unto healing, prosperity, all those things that salvation includes. Hallelujah. Now just jump down to verse 13. It says this. It's going to give us an example of how this works. We're still talking about how the righteousness, which is of faith, speaks. How are you going to speak God's word? It tells us right here. It gives us the progression. It goes from the result all the way back to the beginning. So God is the God who tells the end from the beginning. So he starts at the end and he's going to take us back to the beginning. It says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. In other words, whoever calls is saved. Whoever speaks gets the result. How then shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? In other words, you cannot call unless you believe something. Or in other words, you're going to, you're going to speak out of what you believe. And how shall they believe in him in whom they've not heard. In other words, what you hear is so important. That's why Jesus said, be careful what you hear, who you hear, how you hear. Why? Because what you hear is what you're going to believe. What you're going to believe is what you're going to act and speak on, and that's going to determine the result. So we have to hear the Word of God so that we can believe the Word of God, so that we speak the Word of God, so that we get the results that the Word has already said He's given us. Hallelujah. And how shall they hear without a preacher? So that tells me that in order for somebody to hear, God will send, and proclaim, send somebody to proclaim. As your pastor, right now I'm been sent by God. He planted me here at Faith Family Church. I am, I am a foundational piece that will equip people. Thank God it's not up to me. It's, it's as I yield to Him. He, he moves through me and speaks through me. Anybody listening, you could receive this word tonight. How shall they hear without a preacher? And here's the biggest key. How can they preach except they be sent? Oh, there's many ministers that have went. It was their idea. 
but you want to listen to one that's been sent. This is so very important. It finishes this thought in verse 17. It says it all. How does the righteousness, which is a faith, speak? It tells you exactly how it speaks. And then it finishes the thought by, it says, verse 17, so then, in other words, get this, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In other words, faith comes as you hear God's word. Isn't that good news? So let's jump over to Mark chapter 11 because I want you to see this. I want you to set your eyes on these scriptures. Mark chapter 11, we're going to look at verse 22. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 11 in verse 22. Jesus gives us one of the most concise teachings on how faith operates. You know the story. He was coming from Bethany, going towards Jerusalem. He goes up to a fig tree. The leaves are on it, so it should have figs on it. He's going to have figs for breakfast. And he goes there, and and there's no figs on it. And it says he answers the tree. In other words, the tree said to him, the circumstance of Jesus' life spoke to him and says, you're not having figs this morning. And he answered the tree and cursed it from the root. So they, they went into Jerusalem after this happened. They walked back by that tree, went back to Bethany that night. Couldn't tell a difference in the tree. Next morning they get up, they're going to go from Jerusalem back, or from Bethany back to Jerusalem. And Peter, when he sees the tree, it's dried up from the root. And he says, Lord, the tree that you cursed is dried up from the root. And then Jesus answers all of them. He teaches them on faith. In verse 22 of Mark chapter 11, he says, have the faith of God or have the God kind of faith or it could be translated, have the faith that God has. It could be translated any of those three ways and then it goes on, it goes on in verse 23 and now he's going to talk about faith against something and he says this, for verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say to this mountain, we're to speak to the mountains of our life, be removed, be cast into the sea. And then it goes on and says, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. It says he shall have whatsoever he saith. Notice, it talked about believing once, but it talked about saying three times. You're going to have to work on the saying part. You're going to have to be taught on the saying part three times more than the believing part. I run into so many believers that that they believe. Oh, I believe God's my healer. I believe He's my provider. But because... They don't water that word. They don't meditate it. They don't say it over and over and over. They let it depart out of their mouth. We're never to stop speaking the word. When some pressure comes up and some circumstances come up, they get their eyes off the word and put it on the circumstances and they let go of the promise of God. You strengthen your belief as you say. And then he goes on in verse 24, talking about prayer. He goes, because of this, therefore I say to you, what things soever you desire when you pray, you got to believe that you receive them and you shall have them. So there will be a time when you believe that you receive, right when you pray, and the time that you have it in this physical realm in your life, there's a time difference there. In the same way, Jesus cursed the fig tree and it was over 24 hours before you can tell anything changed. If you wanted to wait to see it, you would have been the last to know. It's not how faith works. So we're talking about saying. So let's keep going with this. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We need to look at verse 13 because it backs this up. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 in verse 13. Oh, you've heard these scriptures before, church. And you're going to hear them again. But man, is it a blessing to hear 
the Word of God under the anointing, it's like fresh bread. You could almost smell it. There's a fresh anointing for you to lay hold of it tonight or today. It's a fresh anointing for you to lay hold of the things of God. Hallelujah. It says in verse 13, it says, And having the same spirit of faith. So now it's going to describe the spirit of faith. According as it is written, I believed and therefore I have spoken. We therefore believe and therefore speak. Having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. In other words, you always speak what you believe. As the word of God is in abundance in your heart, you will speak it. Go to Matthew real quick as we're coming down. We're kind of closing now. As we're coming down here, you need to go to Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17. There's a story that runs from about verse 14 through verse 20. But I want to just, because of time's sake, I just want to focus on verse 20. It's, it's the story about the man who had a lunatic son. And the disciples could not cast this demon out of this son. But then I want you to see in verse 20, in regards to righteousness speaking, faith, the righteousness which is of faith speaks. Matthew 17 in verse 20. Let me get over here. You're probably already there. Hallelujah. Verse 20 says this. You know, actually, I'm going to take a minute and read this. Verse 14, let's read the whole story. And when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son. For he is a lunatic and sore vexed. For oftentimes he falls into the fire and oftentimes into the water. And I brought him to your disciples and they could not cure him. Verse 17, then Jesus answered and said, O faithless, so these disciples had no faith. No, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? And then he says to the dad, bring him to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and, and he, the devil, departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus after Jesus had left. They came to him afterwards and said to him, Why could we not cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief. The reason they couldn't cast him out was because of their unbelief. If you look at the whole story in earlier chapters, they were consumed in their talk about who would be greatest in the kingdom of God. Listen, if you're walking with your eyes on yourself, you can't be in faith. So they were all in pride, who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, doing all this nonsense, and they were not equipped. How many times do we get our eyes on ourselves and we're not equipped in faith? Today, Get your eyes off yourself. Rid your life of pride. Humble yourself and let God exalt you. Listen, we're the vine, or we're the branches, but he's the vine. We can't do anything in ourselves. We're not created to do anything by ourselves or for ourselves. We can do everything in him and through him. So it goes here. And so, and Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, so they were in unbelief. And then he said this, for verily, most assuredly, I say unto you, now get this, if you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, which is like the smallest seed of any tree. So even if you have just a tiny bit of faith, what would happen? You shall say. 
unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Wow. God is saying, if you're in faith, nothing's impossible to you. And if you're in faith, you will say. So if you're not speaking the word, don't beat yourself up. Get in the word. Get it in your heart. Get it in abundance in your heart. And then it'll start coming out of your mouth and things will happen. God will move in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is so very important. Well, I want to close as we look at Hebrews chapter 10 in verse 23. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. At least I think, I think I'm, I'm ready to close with this. Hang with me. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. It says this. Never forget this. Let us hold fast to the profession of our faith without wavering why? Because he is faithful that promised. Listen, child of God, if God said something, he will do it. Jesus right now is watching over his word to perform it in your life. What is he watching for? He's watching for the word to be in your heart coming out of your mouth so that he can put and work his presence and his power and change your situation. He's faithful. What that means is the word of God will always work if you work it. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 through 22 is the prescription on how to take the word of God. Part of it is you never let it depart out of your mouth. Isn't that good news? Righteousness speaks. Righteousness speaks faith, speaks the word of God. Demons tremble, Satan's defeated, and every circumstance in your life changes to come in line with the word of God.